Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch live, if you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Podcast on podcast on podcast. Folks, come on, get with the program. Have y'all not heard? It's podcasting time. So, however you get your podcast, we're basically on there. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a Saturday. Big old Saturday. Meh, mediocre Saturday. Medium sized Saturday here. Uh, I'm going to be breaking down the NBA, obviously, today. Um, what happened yesterday? Break it down, go over it. Uh, do our moneymaker picks for today. Not a huge main topic today. But we do have some good stories. We um, Trevor Lawrence's pro day was yesterday, so we are going to be taking a little bit of a look at that. We got a clip of that. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right into it today, shall we? Shall we? Um, all right, yeah, let's start here. Let's start here. Um, yesterday was uh, J.J. Watt getting released by the Texans, and we get a um, little bit of a highlight package for him because of this. So uh, let's watch this, see what this man is capable of. We all know J.J. Watt. We spoke about his accolades last um, yesterday on the show. Uh, great, I mean, three-time or multiple-time Pro Bowler, 11 years in the league, getting it done, two, 25 force fumbles, Three, four, four defensive touchdowns, something like that. Yeah, four defensive touchdowns, all great. So let's see what we got here by J.J. Watt. And, um, you know, should he come to the Dolphins based on this tape? Mm, not just based on this tape, he should. But let's see, let's see what we get here by J.J. Watt. Gets a nice sack on the Dolphins on the first replay. All right, not bad. I mean, the man is so good, folks, obviously. Um, so the sack right there is fantastic. Can't be double teamed. He will beat the double team. It doesn't matter. Single, double, triple. He will get through the line, folks. Another sack right there against the Jags. Going against the Broncos here. Once again, just a sack. Are we only getting sacks here? I want to see four of these touchdowns. Where are these defensive touchdowns at? Another sack. Getting right through the line. That was like two and a half seconds. Exactly where you want to be. Sacking Peyton Manning. Yes, sir. Going to try and hit Marcus Mariota. Yes, sir. <laughs> Get Marcus Mariota down. Everybody is vulnerable to a J.J. Watt sack. Potential goats and Peyton Manning. And um, players that don't even play no more. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. Y'all getting sacked by J.J. Watt. Mark Sanchez against the Jets. This man goes back, folks. This man is dated. Second, Mark Sanchez and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Marcus Mariota all over the field. But can we get to some of these touchdowns? They better have incorporated some touchdowns. Like, yes, the sacks are great, obviously. But obviously, touchdowns are better than sacks. So where are these touchdown highlights? Come on. Sacking. Is that Josh Allen or is that another Bills quarterback before he got there? Another Jacksonville Jaguar getting taken down by J.J. Watt. Matt Stafford with the Lions, but now he's with the Rams, so maybe he doesn't face J.J. Watt this season. We'll see what happens. Another one against Matt Stafford. Damn, that was a good one. Matt Stafford trying to run outside the pocket to the right, but J.J. Watt says, no, 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 I'm coming three. Three against Matt Stafford, all looking to be in the same game. <laughs> Damn. Woof. Alrighty, Titans back at the Titans. Who's that? That doesn't look like Marcus Mariota. 
in the red zone now. He does it all again. Look at this man. Number 10 slipping himself and J.J. Watt just making sure he's down. Chris Johnson with the Titans. Nice. Little flashback of CJ2K, baby. One of the fastest backs in the league. Did not make it a long time, though. He had, what, like three good seasons? Um, Andrew Luck, getting the pressure on Andrew Luck. Yes, sir. Made that man retire a little bit early. The man's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not facing J.J. Watt two times every season. So now, hey, hey, Colts fans, you may be able to get, um, <laughs> you may be able to get Andrew Luck back against the Vikings here. That wasn't Brett Favre, was it? That wasn't the Brett Favre Vikings. Was he number seven? Who is this? Who is this? No, just play. Yeah, here we go. Hmm. Hmm. What number was Brett Favre? I don't think he was seven, was he? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. We got time today on the show. Let's look this up. Who was number seven on that Vikings team that just got sacked? Does, um, yeah, let's just look at this. Does J.J. Watt date all the way back to Brett Favre with the Vikings? Let's see this. Vikings 2010. Ooh, it's right on the cusp. Right on the cusp. I just need to know what his number was with the Vikings. Four. All righty. Yeah. All righty. So that was not Brett Favre that he sacked, but another Vikings quarterback. Who <laughs> was number seven for the Vikings? I honestly don't even know the freaking Vikings quarterbacks like that. Unfortunate. But that's J.J. Watt. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. What kind of highlight package is this? NFL throwbacks. Get it together. I mean, he's got four defensive touchdowns. Can we show some of those? Even three offensive touchdowns. But we saw no J.J. Watt touchdowns here. Definitely disappointed. Should have previewed the film, but, you know, I like to go off the rip. But that's what we get sometimes. Unfortunate. Alrighty, here we go. Trevor Lawrence's pro day at Clemson was yesterday, folks. We get a nice little two-minute highlight from his best throws. Once again, we probably should have previewed this video. We're hoping it's better than the J.J. Watt video we saw, unfortunately. I'm sure it is. This man's going to be the clear number one pick. I don't want to hear about it. If you want to bet on this man being the first overall draft pick, you will win no money. His odds are minus 5,000. So if you bet $10,000 on Trevor Lawrence being the number one overall draft pick, you win $200. Mm, that's not good value. Don't do that, please. That, you, know, you don't make any money on that. That's wild. So no great odds taking Trevor Lawrence as the first overall pick, which is what we know is going to happen. So can't make any quick money like that, unfortunately. But uh, let's see what this man's got. Obviously, he's had a fantastic career. Let's bring up his college stats, shall we? Once again, probably should have did this before the show. But, hey, you know, we got time so we can improvise a little bit here. Um, what do we got? Trevor Lawrence. Nope, not ESPN. Never look at ESPN for stats. Always go to Sports Reference. Best best sport or best stats site out there hands down um all right here we go uh three years at clemson his rookie year or his freshman year should say freshman year i believe they won the title in 2018 so freshman year wins the title 65 percent completion percentage absolutely fantastic 3200 yards 30 touchdowns four interceptions that's what we're talking about the man does not turn over the ball in the touchdown to interception ratio i mean what is this six times what 
uh, eight or four, <laughs> 30 divided by four. What is that? What do we get? Eight, eight, 16, 24, 32, about eight. So seven and a half. Let's do that. Seven and a half touchdown to interception ratio. Absolutely magnificent. It's, it's astronomically good. Uh, seven and a half to one. Um, his sophomore year. Completion percentage went up a little bit. Like to see that 0.6%, but hey, it still went up. 65.8% completion percentage. Yards went up 3,600 yards. Very well done. Touchdowns went up 36. Interceptions went up a little bit, but he's still, you know, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's what, four times, um, four and a half times touchdown interception ratio. Once again, fantastic. We'll take four. We'll take three. Well, in college, we should be getting like four or five, but in the NFL, we'll take three all day. We'll definitely take four. Absolutely. Uh, that's what Aaron Rodgers done. That's what he just won the MVP and went 13 and three and got to the NFC championship game. That's what four to one touchdown interception ratio can do for your squad. Alrighty, and then um, last season, his junior year, 69.2% completion percentage, his best completion percentage of his career. And he played five less games and still had, you know, about the same yards, 3,100 yards. Obviously a little light, but he played five less games because of the wonky COVID uh, college schedule. So completion percentage went up. Very well done. Touchdown to interception ratio, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. So once again, kind of about five. Uh, touchdown interception ratio um, so five to one fantastic so the man's obviously great we knew this man was going to be the number one overall pick in 2018 after his performances rookie year let's also look at um, let's look at what you do in the bowl games because that's you know what I judge heavy in college when I'm looking at stats obviously I look at what you did in totality but I really do want to see what you did in those bowl games did you flounder or did you succeed and I believe Trevor Lawrence here is succeeding so let's see what we get here in the bowl game against Alabama well they had two because he was in the playoffs in his uh, first year in 2018 so uh, in the college football playoffs against Notre Dame 69% completion percentage three touchdowns no picks yes sir yes sir not throwing picks in the big game love to see that then he gets to the national championship game against Alabama and he throws 62.5% completion percentage three touchdowns no picks that's what we're talking about folks not turning the ball over great completion percentage against I mean in Alabama defense I mean it's Nick Saban so very well coached team overall and Trevor Lawrence is able to beat him his first year in college so great year his first year in the bowl games as well let's see what happened here his second year <clears throat> Got to the uh, playoffs once again, faced Ohio State, and he had 50. Ooh, okay, hang on a second year. Got exposed a little bit. 54% completion percentage. That will not get it done in the NFL. Definitely not in college either. So poor completion percentage there. Two touchdowns, no picks, so, so that's still good. Not turning the ball over, but maybe defenses, you know, getting a hold of him a little bit. Luckily, he was able to beat Ohio State and move on to LSU in the championship game, but then he lost it there, 48% completion percentage, and that seemed to be his worst completion percentage of his entire career. Um, wow, that was. That was the only time he actually threw 40, under 50% completion percentage is in, in his entire career thus far. Oh, wow, damn, his worst game, his worst game was in the national championship game against LSU. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks, poor completion percentage. And then we get last year, Versus Ohio State. Um, they did not make it to the college football playoffs, did they? What is this game? Let's go back to this game. Um, Sugar Bowl. All right. Yeah, so they did get to the – is this the playoffs? What are they ranked? 
Did they even have a playoffs this year in college? They did, right? Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, so, okay, they were the two seed. And they lost to Ohio State, unfortunately. So <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence, great first year, started to trickle down, get worse as you know the years progressed. First year, got to the championship game, won it. Second year, got to the championship game, lost it. Third year, got to the playoffs, but didn't get to the championship game. Ooh, all right, a little bit of a hit there. That's a little bit of a knock if we have to see one. Um, all right, so let's talk about the Ohio State game. He did have 68% completion percentage, two touchdowns, one pick. Unfortunately, he did throw for 400 yards, though, in that game. Unfortunately, the defense, uh, what was the final score of this game? The defense gave up a lot of points. They gave up 49 points. Pretty tough. Um, yeah, so a little unfortunate there by Trevor Lawrence's career at the end. Uh, but let's see what he did on the pro day. Let's see if we can break down some of these throws. Are these good throws? Is he looking good? Is he still the number one overall pick? It, it's already locked up, but we'll see if he should be the number one overall pick, which he probably should. <laughs> so here we go. Trevor Lawrence's pro day from last night. Nice little drop back, fake the handoff, rolling out to the left, throwing on the run. Very well done. Very well done. Tight spiral there. Velocity was good. Accuracy was great. Fantastic. Now, obviously, all these should be looking good. I mean, there's no defense. He should be cool, calm, collected, obviously. But, you know, we get film. We have to break it down, right? Um, here we go. Nice little out route. He's hitting these hitch routes. Very well done. <clears throat> great target. Great accuracy. Throwing on the run as well. That's a huge... I mean, look at that. Look at that man put some whip on this ball, folks. Can we go back here? Did we rewind this? We did not. Um, all right. So let's go back to this throw right here. Not this one. This one coming up right here. Um, we see the receiver not getting two feet in bounds, it looks like. Trevor Lawrence drifts them a little bit too much. Don't know if that's an official catch or not. Trevor Lawrence's deep ball. All righty. All righty. A little bit underthrown. You see the receiver have to kind of come back to the ball. But let's count the yards on this one. Going to throw this one from the 25. Get it all the way down to the 30-yard line. So that's very well done. 25 to the 50. Another 20 yards. That's 45 yards total. Another zinger right over the middle. Very well done. Back to play action. Stepping up in the pocket. Throwing. Accurate as heck. Very well done. Now in the goal line, in the red zone, back of the end zone. Yes, sir. Very high and away, enough for the receiver to go up and get it and get two feet down. That's a very nice play right there. Great great height on that ball at the back of the end zone. Catchable ball. I mean, if you got one-on-one -on -one matchup, that's how you throw the ball right there. All righty, once again, kind of in the red zone a little bit, throwing at the back of the end zone. He's getting some good height on these balls at the back of the end zone, and that's what you need if you're going to throw it in the back of the end zone and not the corners. Got to get it all um, up over the safeties. Unfortunately, this receiver did not catch it. That's a perfectly thrown ball. Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunate for the re receiver. Trevor Lawrence going deep. Yes, sir. Let's count the yards on this one. Throwing it from the 25 again, whipping it all the way down to the 15. Holy moly, 25 plus, what do we got, 35? 25 plus 35, that is 60. Is that 60? 50. 60. Holy cow, 60 yards right there, perfect. Nice little comeback, double move. He's running all over the place, left to right, and then he slings this one as far as he possibly can, folks. And I believe this one is 70 big old yards. Let's count the yards one more time. Um, first, first of all, well, let's count the yards, and then we'll break down the play because, um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, his last throw of the night. 
throwing it from the 25, getting it all the way down to the 15. Holy moly, 25 to the yeah, once again, 25 in the 35, so that is 60 yards. Absolutely magnificent there. Throwing it from the 20, getting it all the way down to the 15. Yeah, all right, 60 clean yards, 60 clean yards. And look just how he throws this ball. So this is obviously not like a play. It's a play action, run all the way to the left, fake out, go all the way back to the right, and then square up and throw. Just kind of showing like your mobility, your accuracy, everything like that. I believe this was his last throw of the night. So absolutely fantastically well done by Trevor Lawrence. Showed everything. I mean, he was hitting all the throws. I think how scouts judge it, that was looking good to me. Hit the hitches, the deep ball was good, the back of the end zone throws were good the accuracy on those balls were very good so Trevor Lawrence I think had a fantastic pro day last night yesterday and he's definitely going number one overall folks there is no doubt ain't no doubt here um, this is the back angle of this guy said it was 70 yards but um, with a damn near 70 yard pass like I don't uh, I think we counted 60 I don't even think it was even more than like 61 I think it was like kind of 60 on the dot unfortunately so here we go the back angle of that Trevor Lawrence's deep ball getting down to the 15 yard line absolutely magnificent folks. Alrighty, and if this kind of just judges gauge and interest on Trevor Lawrence, um, we get 31 guys in attendance from the NFL in watching uh, Trevor Lawrence's pro day. So, um, we know the Jaguars are, are going to be selecting him with the number one overall pick, and they sent three scouts to go and watch him. Now, the Jets also sent three. The Panthers also sent three, so that's very interesting. Can they trade up in the draft just in case if there is any wiggle room? Panthers and Jets could be suitors for Trevor Lawrence if the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking to trade that pick, which I don't think they are. Uh, but that is interesting that the Jets and Panthers both sent three. They're looking for quarterbacks, and you know, I don't, I don't think the Panthers will will take a quarterback I really think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy but maybe they get a backup some competition there so we'll see what happens there but you know this is telling me that the Panthers are looking for a quarterback unfortunately and I don't get it and I still don't truly believe it but this is kind of what the numbers are telling me right here and then there is one team that sent more than three, more than the Jaguars sent there, and that's the Falcons. And that's really, really, really interesting. Obviously, um, right after the season, they said everybody's up for trade. Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, we are looking to trade. Then just about two, three weeks ago, Arthur Blank comes out and says, you know what? Nobody's for trade. We're kind of rocking with the same team. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones are safe. But now they just sent four scouts to go watch Trevor Lawrence, who they know they probably has zero shot in getting. So a little interesting there as well we'll keep an eye on it do the Falcons try to make the Jaguars an offer they can't refuse hey you get Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and we'll take Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley how does that sound so could be interesting we'll see what happens but uh, definitely interesting that the Falcons sent four scouts to go watch this man um, alrighty, let's uh, move on to this story right here. Deshaun Watson spotted out in Miami with Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis, two Miami or yeah, two Miami Dolphins players right here, defensive players, offensive players. Um, so very well done. Um, I would love to have Deshaun Watson on the Dolphins, and if push came to shove, I'm sorry, Tua, you would have to kind of get shelved. I love you to death. I think you're great. I think you're going to be great, but right now, Deshaun Watson is already great. 
you know, why, why am I going to invest on somebody that can potentially reach Deshaun Watson's level when Deshaun Watson's level is on Deshaun Watson right here, right now? You know what I mean? So it's no disrespect to Tua, obviously. Um, I wish him success if, you know, this is the move that the Dolphins go with. I would definitely wish Tua a lot of success. Uh, but if we can get Deshaun Watson, you go and get Deshaun Watson, folks. I mean, did you see what he did with the Texans this season? The Texans were trash. They were trash. And Deshaun Watson, leading passer in the NFL this season, just absolutely magnificent. So, yes, Miami, if you can go get Deshaun Watson, you go get the man. And, unfortunately, it's a business to, uh, you got to go. But you can maybe back up. You can back up. We'll keep you as a backup if you want. We Maybe we can uh, make that work. Uh, so, Deshaun to Miami, I can get behind it. Alrighty, and then the last story to talk about, Kevin Durant is good to go today. His first game back, he was cleared yesterday, but the Nets didn't have a game. They are on nationally televised television today. I believe ESPN at like 8.30 or something. We'll check it out in a minute. But uh, they got Nets Warriors today in Warriors, I believe. <clears throat> so, uh, KD, Kyrie, James Harden versus Steph and Draymond Green. Who's going to win it? Mm, probably the Nets, but we'll see what happens. So Kevin Durant is finally good to go. Now can this Nets team get, you know, lift off? Can they lift off of where they are right now? We'll see what happens. Alrighty, let's head over to the NBA. We'll uh, quickly highlight what happened, and then we'll go a little bit deeper into the stats, and then we'll do our moneymaker for today's action. And, yeah, I think we'll be out of here after that. <clears throat> so here we go. Let me get this out. Uh, yeah. Here we go. All righty. So yesterday in the NBA, a lot of games on our moneymaker. Let's go to our moneymaker. Let's do that. We can start with that. <clears throat> our moneymaker, we had a big old four-teamer going last night. Hit three of four. The Pelicans let us down, unfortunately. And they put up 130 points, and we took them plus three. So, I mean, just going based off what they put up offensively, you would be thinking to yourself, hey, that Pelicans plus three must have hit if they put up 130 points, right? No, because they let up 143 against the Mavericks. So that was the only one they were, that we were wrong by. Pelicans plus three, truly unfortunate. We were buying them a little bit too much, and the Mavericks made us pay a little bit. Clippers minus seven. That was super easy going against a very, very not good team. I think they win by like 19. <laughs> Did they win by 19? Yes, they beat the Bulls by 19. We know this Bulls team isn't any true contenders, anything like that. So we felt very comfortable taking the Clippers minus seven, and they blew that out of the water. Even without Paul George, we were still confident that they would win by seven, and they win by 19. Uh, Jazz minus two and a half against the Bucks. I mean, once again, kind of easy money there. We know this Bucks team isn't anything too great. We know they're good, they're decent, but they don't beat the best teams all the time. This Jazz team is so deep, way deeper than what the Bucks are, and they've got great uh, beef down low, and they got great three-point shooters consistently. Where we know the Bucks kind of lack in one of those categories in in any really given game. So Jazz minus two and a half. They win by fourteen. Easy money there. And then the last one, Blazers minus three. We were riding the hot hand of Carmelo, Damian Lillard, and Gary Trent Jr. And I know at least two of those three stepped up in this game against the Cavs because it's the Cavs. They've got nobody. So Blazers win by 19 over the Cavs. Only had to swallow two and a half there. Or three and a half? Three and a half. And uh, hey, we get it anyway. So unfortunate there. We expanded our moneymaker to a four-teamer. And it kind of bit us in the butt with the Pelicans. Gosh darn. But uh, we're going to go four for four, three for three, two for two, however many we like today, tonight. We're going to take it and we're going to hit them all. So get those, wa get those wallets ready for the moneymaker today, today, folks. 
Alrighty, here we go. Starting with Timberwolves and the Hornets, and uh, you know, still no D'Lo for the Timberwolves, so we still got to get that back on track. Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Williams, that could still work out decently, but very well done to the Hornets. Terry Rozier is stepping up once again this game. Two back-to-back -back absolutely monster performances. The man had 16 points in the fourth quarter, really to kind of shut it out, and the Hornets get back on track here with the win, 121-14 over the Timberwolves. All right, Knicks and Wizards, and uh, Russell Westbrook had a great game, but unfortunately Bradley Beal felt he needed to take the game off. Why is Bradley Beal taking the night off? You are against the Knicks. This is a team you should be able to beat, that you are capable of beating, and you have one of your two stars not play. That's absolutely unacceptable. I get, you know, you're tired and you're carrying the load and you could could potentially be traded so the Wizards don't want to injure an asset a trading piece I get all of that but right now you're trying to win and having Bradley Beal sit on the sidelines it's absolutely disgraceful they could have beaten the Knicks this was Russell Westbrook's like only great game of the year I don't even think he had that many turnovers and he had 23 points nine rebounds and 10 assists very well done so we'll check the turnovers but Russell Westbrook played great you lost by 20 points 18 points and you know Bradley Beal could have easily made up those 18 points somewhere so truly disappointed that the Wizards are resting some of their players their run their one true starter and they lose because of it and it's kind of disappointing knowing where they are in the season kind of giving up already what are you gonna do Alrighty, Spurs and the Hawks, and we advised y'all to stay away from this one. I think it was like Hawks. Where are they getting? I don't even know, honestly. I think it was like either Hawks plus four or minus four. I can't even remember. I would say Hawks minus four, but... I don't know. Uh, but, yes, this is what we're talking about. The Spurs, I mean, the great game here. Fantastic game. Defense, offense, getting it done. They win 125-114 over the Hawks. And that's why, you know, we can't really get a full judgment on the Spurs team because we see games like this, a fantastic game on the road against a good kind of Hawks team that we are kind of big on. And they absolutely kind of demolish them. It didn't really seem that close watching it. And the Spurs just kind of won the game. So, uh, you know, 15 and 11 here for the Spurs. We are going to have to start, you know, trying to track down what this team actually is. Are they actually good or not? Because I still don't even know. I still don't even know. We talk about, you know, the Spurs every day because we break down the games every day. So I, I still can't put my finger on the Spurs team, but they are 15 and 11. We may have to be showing them a little bit more love here. But, um, yeah, great start here for the, for the Spurs for this week. Maybe can get their way up into our power rankings on Friday. All right, Pelicans and the Mavericks, and this was the one that busted our moneymaker. I mean, the Pelicans put up 130 points, folks. I mean, what more do y'all want from them? Luka had a great game. Everything was going great. Chris at Porzingis, I think the Mavericks hit 25 threes in this game. I mean, how do you stop that? You just don't. You just lose. <laughs> you got to accept the loss on this one. So Mavericks, they can show the ability to put up so many points. They don't play a lot of defense, you know, given the Pelicans putting up 130 still. So unfortunate, the Pelicans lose there. Just not enough firepower there, consistent firepower. And the Mavericks win 143-130. Clippers, Bulls, no Paul George, but it's just Kawhi Leonard and the crew getting it done. Zach Levine, by his lonesome, cannot get it done. We know this on a consistent basis. So Clippers win 125-106 over the Bulls. Just nothing great by the Bulls. We'll see what Kobe White did. Did he have a great game? Did everybody else let him down? But we'll see what happens. Can't buy this Bulls team too much. Oh, man, oh, man. 
Pistons beat another kind of decent team, the Celtics 108-102. Once again, the Celtics didn't have Marcus Morris. They also didn't have Kemba Walker, who was out. So, I mean, Brad Stevens once again has to scramble around to kind of put up a starting lineup together. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown cannot get it done themselves. They need that extra third. They need a better big. They need somebody else consistent. They just don't have that. So unfortunately, once again, we are not big on the Celtics team. Pistons get the win, and I think Blake Griffin had a great game. Pretty good game, so we'll have to kind of shout that man out when we get down to the stats. All right, Nuggets and Thunder. Nuggets getting the close win, 97-95. to Closing out the game, we had, um, who went off? Who went off here? Uh, Will Barton hit a very, very clutch three to kind of put the game away. Thunder kind of inched it close. I think narrowed it down to like a three or yeah, three or two point game. And then Will Barton's three extends it to you know two, three possessions, five, six point game late in the fourth quarter, like 38 seconds left, where you can't come back from that. So. Very well done to the Nuggets getting the win. Once again, a little light on the scoring. Only 97 points. So we see Jokic, you know, with 22 off the rib. So we'll see what Jamal Murray is doing because, you know, Michael Porter Jr. had a decent game as well. Is Jamal Murray still not stepping it up? We'll see what happens here. But the Nuggets get the win 97-95. Jazz in the box. Jazz absolutely beating the Bucks, And it wasn't anything the Bucks weren't doing wrong. I mean, they shot the three decently. Um, they were down low decently. We, I mean, Giannis, you know, ate on the boards. Everybody really ate on the boards. It's just the Jazz are a little bit more consistent. They're a little bit more deeper on the bench, and they've got more consistent shooters from the three. So, unfortunate for the Bucs, I don't see them beating an elite team. I don't see them really kind of beating elite teams consistently. And if they get past that first round of the playoffs when, you know, they face like the seventh or eighth seed, most likely the seventh, but um, when they face, you know, a better opponent, the fifth, the fourth, the third, the first seed, they can't win a seven-game series against really anybody in the East. Let's take a look at the schedule right now. Who do we feel comfortable that they can beat in a seven-game series in this East? They cannot beat the 76ers, and Bede will be eating down low. He will be stopping Giannis, and they've got better three-point shooters, so I can't see the Bucks beating the 76ers. I can't see the uh, the Bucks beating the Nets. That three-point shooting core is absolutely going to to eat alive the Bucks. Now Giannis may be having a great game in those series, but at the end of the day, his supporting cast is not going to be able to keep up with the three-point load and the clutchness that the Nets showed the ability to have. Kyrie, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, all three of those players individually are clutch as heck on their own. You put them together, now how do you guard all those three options? So the Bucks, they can't beat the one-seed 76ers. They can't beat the three-seed Nets. They can't beat the Celtics. That's easy money right there. The Bucks would beat the Celtics uh, mostly mostly all day. They would eat down low. Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams would not be able to handle Giannis at all, at all. The only thing that the Celtics would kind of be better at is kind of the three-point shooting. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown would each have to go for like 30-plus every single one of those games in the seven-game series if they wanted a chance to beat the Bucks. So I would probably push it to like a six, seven-game series uh, Bucks-Celtics. And I, I think the Celtics have the ability to upset the Bucks. But I don't. I, I I would put money on the Bucks winning that uh, series in the end. So they may be able to beat the Celtics. Pacers they would be be able to beat fine. I don't like the Pacers at all. The Hornets they would probably beat the Hornets. Unfortunately. Um, Cody Zeller, uh, the three-point shooting of the Hornets is not up to kind of the standard as other the other elite teams here in the East. Uh, the Raptors would probably play them decently close depending on how they're streaking at the moment. Is Siakam on? Is Norman Powell on? Because if those two players were on, especially Fred Van Vliet, Bam Adebayo would be able – or not Bam Adebayo. Uh, who, who's the big on the Raptors? 
blanking on the name. OG Ananubi, yeah. He would kind of be decent, decent against uh, the Bucks down low. Decent. Uh, Knicks, probably no shot to Heat. I mean, we saw that last season in the playoffs. They could definitely do that. So, um, yeah, kind of these bottom half teams, Pacers, Hornets, Raptors, Knicks. The Bucks would be able to beat them. But after round one, half of these teams are going to be out, you know. So, they can't beat the Nets. They can't beat the Sixers. And if they would have to face, they wouldn't even face the Celtics in the second round. First round, they would beat the Raptors, I, I think, kind of handily probably five or six games and then in the second round they would have to face the Nets and after that point it's game over and then you know if they do somehow pull up the miracle of beating the Nets they have to face the 76ers and at that time Giannis is already done from you know going to the paint every game here in the regular season and in the 14 games that they probably played already at this point because they are going to be going six seven games uh so not great here. Not great here by the Bucks. Cannot see them winning a ring, honestly. Unfortunate. It's unfortunate because Giannis is great. But let's get back to the game here. Jazz getting the win, 129-115 over the Bucks. We'll go a little bit deeper into the stats in a second. But, uh, yeah, the Bucks, man, they're just – they're not elite. They're solid. They're not elite. Alrighty, Lakers beating the Grizzlies 115-105. They were down super early, folks. I mean, the Lakers struggled right out of the gate. I mean, the Grizzlies were up like 22-2 with like seven minutes left in the first quarter. The Lakers could, could not score any points at all in the first quarter, but they ended up sticking with it. They get the job done. LeBron's clutch, AD's clutch, Kyle Kuzma had a great game, and they get it done uh, right in time in the fourth quarter to seal off a 10-point win over the Grizzlies. Blazers, Cavs, Blazers getting the win 129-110 over the Cavs. It's the Cavs. They've got nobody great, nobody special here on this team. Uh, Jared Allen's fine. Um, Andre Drummond's fine. Colin Sexton, 25 points this game, which is good. Finally, back to kind of um, the 25-plus points of what we – or the 20-plus, 25 points here that we expect and want to see from Colin Sexton on a nightly basis. So very well done to Colin Sexton. Unfortunately, just doesn't have that other superstar on his team to kind of help him out a little bit. So they lose that game. And then the last game, Magic and the Kings. And the Kings had no De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley. So, I mean, we expect the Kings to lose this game. Uh, Valanchunas, without uh, Marvin Bagley down low, was eating all game. Could not be stopped. He went off for 42 points. So, Alrighty, let's go a little bit deeper into these into the stats now. <clears throat> Who didn't do good? Who stepped up? Who should we be buying more? Let's see what we got. So let's go here to let's go back at the top here. Timberwolves and the Hornets. Let's start here with the Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns, 25 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, shot 50%, and five of eight from the three. So Carl Anthony Towns is slowly getting back into the rhythm here, missing basically the entire season already. But uh, he's back. He's better than ever. Well, not better than ever, but he's getting back on track. And uh, once the uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, gets back, they will be decent. They will be decent. I <laughs> don't know if they'll be good, but they'll be decent. Uh, Malik Beasley had a fantastic game, 31 points, 5 rebounds on 57% shooting. And so did Anthony Edwards. The rookie is doing real great out here. Uh, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 42% shooting, 43 rounded up. Um, so very well done to some of these starters. Uh, decent contributions off the bench, nothing extravagant. Uh, J.D. McDaniels, 9 points, 4 rebounds, pretty decent there. Naz Reed, 7 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, pretty decent there. And let's shout out uh, shout out uh, Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, McLaughlin. 
six points, seven assists. That's not bad. And four steals. So absolutely very good, actually. Uh, so very well done to the Timberwolves. Unfortunately, the Hornets had a little bit of a better night. Um, what do we get here? Terry Rogier. He just went off. I mean, he, the man just went off. This is the second straight game where he went off 41 points, three assists, seven rebounds on 65% shooting six of 10 from the three. Absolutely magnificent. Gordon Hayward, 14 points, five assists, seven rebounds. Cody Zeller, 17 points, eight rebounds, one assist. Very well done there. Uh, Lamella ball, 20 points, 11 rebounds, four assists on 53% shooting. This is what we love to see by Lamella ball. Get this man in the all-star game gotta see him in there um so yeah um this hornets team doing really good and then uh miles bridges off the bench 11 points and 10 rebounds i mean what more do you want from this squad um very well done we're big on this hornets team they're beating the easier teams. They're beating the teams that they should be and we respect it gotta see them start to beating the better teams if we want to see them in the top 10 and like them even more than what they are. But we'll see. They can definitely um, they can definitely kind of um, flourish if they got another piece in the trade deadline. I think they would need like another, I don't know what they're missing. Maybe another big off the bench. Maybe. Maybe. They've got some great shooters, obviously. Terry Rogier, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball. These mans can shoot. Malik Bridges, or Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, great off the bench. Um, yeah, I don't really know what they're missing. Probably another big, I would say. Another beef piece. Maybe another forward, a beefier forward for defense. We'll see. We'll see what they do at the trade deadline. <clears throat> Alrighty, here we go. Knicks and the Wizards. Let's go to the Knicks now getting the win. Love to see it. Very well done. Julius Randle, absolutely magnificent game here. 24 points, 18 rebounds. Absolutely fantastic. RJ Barrett, not a great game. 8 points, 4 assists. Alright. All right. Mitchell Robinson, 10 points, 14 rebounds. Once again, just eating on the boards. I mean, you've got, uh, what is that, 32? <laughs> 32 rebounds between two players on the starting lineup. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, Alfred Payton, 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. But look at this bench contribution from Derrick Rose. Love it. 14 points, six assists, four steals, three rebounds. Yes, sir. He's used in only 19 minutes, 20 minutes of play out here, and he had an incredible stat line. This Knicks team, man, Derrick Rose is the perfect fit for him off the bench here. This is fantastic. Him working with Emmanuel quickly off the bench, 16 points, two rebounds, one assist by that man as well. So very, very well done. And they got Norland's no. I mean, look at the second team. Derrick Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Nerlens, no, Obi Toppin, he put up eight points and three rebounds. This team is pretty deep, and they still got Taj Gibson, who got in the game for 12 minutes, six points, three rebounds. I mean, this team is really deep. They don't really have a superstar. They've got some, I don't want to say all-stars, what's below all-stars? Superstar, all-star, star, star, star. Uh, but Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, definitely rising stars here. Emmanuel quickly rising star, Obi Toppin rising star, Nerlens Noel, you know, he's been in the league for a couple seasons, got passed around, never really hit his stride and hit his maximum potential. I think it was a first round pick, um, but uh, never really panned out to what he could do. And then Derrick Rose, unfortunately, you know, injuries kind of ending his career a little bit earlier, ending his prime a little bit earlier. But hey, they've got some nice pieces here. Austin Rivers, he only played two minutes. So, and they still got Kevin Knox. I mean, this team is decently deep, folks. 
not with any great talent, but a lot of can get it done. A lot of role-playing talent, rising, aspiring stars here. So definitely got to watch out for this Knicks team. They're currently not in the playoffs. No, they are. They're the ace seed right now. I would love to see the Knicks in the playoffs. Absolutely. As we said, it's real tough in this East. I mean, you've got uh, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks. I would really say those are the three teams fighting for kind of that last spot there in the playoffs, that number eight seed. Can't really see the Bulls getting it. Can't see the Magic getting it. Really can't see the Cavs getting it either. So it's really going to come down to Knicks, Heat, Hawks, Raptors, Hornets, Pacers, Celtics, all fighting for 4-10, to 10, really, all separated between really only two and a half games. So going to come down to the wire here in the East between a couple of teams, and uh, I, I'm all for it. I would love to see the Hawks, Trey Young, Clint Capella. Heat, obviously super deep. Jimmy Butler can get it done. Uh, could possibly, 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 if they get it back on track here like they did in the bubble, they could possibly get back to the finals. And the Knicks, obviously, as we've been saying, are getting better. Alrighty, let's go to the Wizards now. As we said, Bradley Beal did not play this game, so he left Russell Westbrook alone on the floor. 23 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, 5 turnovers, so still a little high. 0-4 from 3. Little decently high still on the turnovers. Got to knock those down to three. It, I would I would tolerate three turnovers a game from Russell Westbrook if he's putting up 23, 10, and 9. I would forgive three, but no more than three. And I would like some games with one or none and two, but not just three alone. Any more than three, we can't be having that. And Russell Westbrook always has more than three. He usually always has six, only has five here. But unfortunate there. Never had that second elite score. So Russell Westbrook was the leading scorer with 23 points. The second leading scorer was 14, Garrison Matthews. The third highest leading score was 10 points by Rui Hachimura and uh, Troy Brown Jr. off the bench. Then we got 9 points by David Burtons. Five rebounds by him as well. And Alex Len, the center, 8 points, 4 rebounds. So really just nothing great on this team. They shot the three absolutely awfully. Only 9 made. You're not going to win shooting, making 9 threes. So we know this Wizards team isn't anything good. Bradley Beal sitting out last game last night is absolutely unacceptable, honestly. Unless he's being traded, then I get it. But if he's not getting traded. Alrighty, let's move on here. Spurs and the Hawks. Alright, who stepped up on the Spurs team? Well, all the starters were doing pretty damn good here. DeJounte Murray, 16 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Alright, shot well too. 53% from the field. Derek, Ro Derek White, 11 points, 4 assists, um, shot 60%, only played 16 minutes there as well. Jacob Podol, 14 points, 12 rebounds. Keldon Johnson, 20 points. DeMar DeRozan, 23 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. So all the starters stepping up, and then they got great contributions off the bench. Lonnie Walker, 11 points. Patty Mills, 12 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. Very well done. Rudy Gay, 5 points. Drew Eubanks, 5 points. Devin Vessel, three points. Now we're talking about three points, so let's stop that. <laughs> uh, Got to see some double-digit scores off the bench or like eight or nine. But, yeah, the Spurs team, all the starters getting it done. Decent defense. Decent defense to kind of hold the Hawks to only, what did they put up, 114? All righty, let's talk about the Hawks now. Trey Young, 25 points, three assists, and one rebound. Definitely light on everything but the points there. 25 points on 53% shooting is fantastic. Two of six from three is not terrible. Uh, but the three assists and one rebound, that's definitely, you know, not Trey Young's game. A little out of his element there. 
Clint Capella, 14 points, 8 rebounds, or 11 rebounds, so a little bit better there. Alex Coll- or John Collins, 9 points, 6 rebounds. Cam Reddish, 6 points. Um, wow, they actually got some got, uh, good contributions off their bench, actually. Uh, not used to really seeing that. Brandon Goodwin, 13 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. That's pretty damn good. And Skyler Mays, 20 points, 3 assists on 16 minutes of play, 70% from the field. Yes, sir. All righty. Skyler Mays. This could be the answer of the Hawks, folks. They really just need one consistent. He's a rookie, too. All right. Let's shout this man out. Give him some credit here. Rookie. Second round pick. All right. Keep that scoring up. We definitely need a better bench scorer for this Hawks team. That's kind of what they're missing. All righty. Not terrible. Not terrible. They still lose the game because the the starters really didn't do anything great. Trey Young, 25 points. Clint Capella, 14 points. That's why we love this team. But then we get five from Kevin Huter, nine by John Collins, six by Cam Reddish. I mean, what are we doing here? What, what, what is this? 20 points by everybody else besides Trey Young and Clint Capella off the starting roster. Not getting it done. Never will get it done like that. Alrighty, let's move on to Pelicans and the Mavs. And, man, everybody was scoring in this game, and everybody was hitting threes. I mean, oh, my goodness. When we get to the freaking Mavs threes, Jesus. Alrighty, let's start here with the Pelicans, though. Brandon Ingram, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Fantastic. That's what we're seeing by this man consistently this season. So we love it. Um, Zion Williamson shot 93%, folks. He missed one three-pointer. That was his one miss of the night, and he put up 36 points and 4 assists. I mean, the man is fantastic he is the new Blake Griffin um he is the new Blake Griffin so we'll see can he win a ring we know Blake Griffin can never win a ring could he get to the uh championship or conference championship game because we never saw Blake Griffin get to the conference championship anyway um, so we'll see how that plays out, but Zion Williamson is absolutely killing it this season. Uh, Steven Adams a little lackluster little lackluster four points four rebounds Mm, gotta be a little bit better out there uh eric bledsoe 16 points lonzo ball 12 points seven assists six rebounds all right shot 33 percent. that's where it starts to come into question four of 12 from the field is just not going to get it done four of 10 from three i guess it's not bad when you put it into that perspective 10 threes he took unfortunate there everybody else was eating though you know brandon ingram zion williamson so not terrible uh willie Hanana Gomez, 10 points off the bench, 9 rebounds as well. Kira, or no, J.J. Redick, 11 points off the bench. So, decent scoring here by the Pelicans. Definitely can see Lonzo step it up a tad more, 12 points. We got to definitely see him in the 15 to 20 point range, keeping up with the 7 plus assists and, you know, 6, 7 plus rebounds. So, not bad there. But definitely well done to Zion Williamson and Brandon, Brandon Ingram, both putting up 30 plus points. Absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, the Mavericks did it a little bit better. They had a 40-point performance and a 36-point performance. Alrighty, so Luka Doncic, 46 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. Fantastic game by him. What else is new? Kristaps Porzingis, 36 points, 7 rebounds. Fantastic. And Dorian Finney-Smith, 14 points, 5 rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, 8 points. No rebounds, no assists, no steals. Unfortunate. We have been seeing him have really good bench games these cat these last like three or four games. Um, just kind of little lackluster here tonight. I understand, you know, not a lot of points to be had other than the forty six and the thirty six. But um, 
Yeah, and then Jalen Brunson off the bench, 13 points. So just Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis doing their things, folks. It's really kind of incredible. <laughs> Definitely incredible what Luka Doncic is doing. Chris Porzingis is having, you know, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. But Luka, a man is balling out every single game, so we give him a lot of credit for that. Alrighty, let's go to Clippers and Bulls now. And Kawhi Leonard without Paul George. 33 big old points. Fantastic. Six rebounds, three assists. Shot one of six from three, so not the best there. Serge Ibaka, nine points, five rebounds. Just being the nice beef down low. Reggie Jackson, 11 points. Zubak, 12 points off the bench. Lou Williams, 17 points off the bench. Marcus Morris, 20 points off the bench and six rebounds. Yes, sir. This man's having a real great season, folks. So this Clippers team is fine. They're very deep. I mean, look at this. Zubak, Lou Williams, Marcus Morris all off the bench. And if you have Paul George, then, you know, Patrick Beverly comes off the bench or Reggie Jackson comes off the bench. So, um, all right. Uh, the Bulls now, Zach Levine, 26 points, leading scorer. Anybody doubt that? No. Second leading scorer with 17 was Kobe White and uh, Thomas Satorsansky off the bench. So not bad there. Kobe White trying to do what he did in their last performance. Couldn't quite get there. Only 17, not the 30. Uh, Garrett Temple, 10 points. Thaddeus Young off the bench, 14 points, six rebounds. Looks to uh, looks that he is kind of increasing his minutes off the bench as well, trying to get this uh, this lineup, this rotation figured out a little bit, trying to do something to win games. Unfortunately, it is still not working. <laughs> so Bulls, they need that other superstar. They only, only they've only got the one superstar. Kobe White is emerging. Definitely, he's had a past couple, you know. Two, three games that were very good. Second year in the league, but uh, he's not a superstar at this current moment like Zach Levine is. So, um, yeah, Bulls, you know, a little lackluster there. Uh, they definitely need the second superstar. So we'll see if they do anything at the trade deadline. Probably won't, but we'll see. Alrighty, Pistons and Pistons and the Celtics here. Let's start with the Celtics because, uh, you know, we, we saw that uh, Brad Stevens, he switched around the lineup. Uh, two games ago, and it worked out very decently, very well actually. Uh, and then, la and then this game yesterday, uh, they have no Kemba Walker, so they have to readjust the starting lineup again. They put Richard or Peyton Pritchard in the starting lineup, and he did not work out at all, folks. Two points and three rebounds and one assist at the starting guard position. That will not get it done. Kemba Walker is definitely better than that. He's not great, but or consistent, but he's better than Peyton Pritchard. I will say that. Alrighty, Jalen Brown, 27 points and 6 rebounds. Jason Tatum, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He, the, both, of those do, both of those stars doing what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely love it. Uh, Semi Olegier here, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He's the one that we liked in the starting forward position here. Daniel Tice still the starting center, 11 points, 9 rebounds, 4 offensive, so let's give it up for him. But just once again, no great bench scoring. Tristan Thompson, 2 points. Javon, or, or Tristan Thompson, 4 points. Javante Green, 7 points. Jeff Teague, 8 points. Grant Williams, 1. It's just, it's not great bench. They're not that deep. And besides Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, there's nothing great on this team. No great bigs, no great point guards, nothing. No great bench. It's just a really below average team besides those two stars. They do have a great coach that can kind of scheme and rotate his way to some decent victories as we saw two games ago. But they definitely need Kemba Walker back. I need to see Taco Fall. There's no reason Taco Fall should not be getting in the game. 
when there's so much uh, dysfunction in their kind of starting rotation. Get Taco Fall into the game. We need to see more of him. Obviously, Brad Stevens gets to see him every day in practice, and I don't. So obviously, there's something wrong there. But I don't. I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing about it, and I want to see him play. He looks great. <laughs> he looks great every time I see him out there. But I don't know what's going on with that. Alrighty, the Pistons able to get a win, and Delon Wright, 22 points, very well done, and look at this, Sadiq Bay, the rookie off the bench, 30 points, 12 rebounds, he shot 83% from the field in 7 of 7 from 3, fantastic game, that's why they won the game, folks, Sadiq Bay finally emerged here for the Pistons, we'll see if he's able to kind of replicate this performance, if he's able to kind of get upgraded into the starting lineup, he's a rookie, this Pistons team has nothing left to lose. They won't make the playoffs. They're already down bad already, so it's not great. Um, all right, who else do we get here? Blake Griffin, a decent game by him. Not a great game, but decent game. 12 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. That's a solid game by him. Uh, 3 of 6 from 3, so not bad. He's still taking a lot of threes, but he hit more this game, so we can kind of forgive it a little bit. Um, still more threes taken than rebounds gotten, unfortunate. Um... Yeah, Jeremy Grant, 15 points, 5 rebounds. Once again, not terrible by him. Um, it was really just Sadiq Bey stepping it up because if he doesn't put up the 30 points, they lose the game, absolutely. Already close by the Celtics, and you know nobody else can consistently put up points for this Pistons team, which we know. So uh, Pistons get the win over the Celtics. Fade the Celtics big, folks. At least until Marcus uh, Smart comes back, and then maybe we can start buying them a little bit more. But even then, it's just nothing great. Alrighty, the Thunder. Let's start with them. Thunder and the Nuggets. We'll start with the Thunder. No um, Shea Gillis-Alexander, and they still made it competitive. That's not a great sign for the Nuggets there. Lugan Store is still kind of getting started here <laughs> this season. 15 points by him. Uh, he's in the starting guard position. Usually he plays the forward, but, uh, you know, with all their kind of outs of, you know, Shea Gillis-Alexander, they are kind of switching around the lineup a little bit. Hamadio Diallo, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Al Horford, 16 points, 5 rebounds. Led the scores on the starting roster with 16. Same thing with Diallo. Darius Baisley, 7 points and 7 rebounds. And Kenrich Williams, 7 points, 9 assists and 11 rebounds. What a really great performance by him, honestly. That's actually really good. Um, points is a little low, but he didn't take a lot of shots, and he was a dog everywhere else on the floor. So we, we respect it. And then Justin Jackson off the bench, 20 points and uh, three rebounds. Not bad. And three assists. Not bad. Uh, Thunder definitely need that superstar. If Shea Gillis-Alexander played, they probably win the game. But even, you know, with him in the starting lineup, they still don't have that superstar. You know, Al Horford's an aging big out of this league. Dor and uh, Diallo definitely, you know, emerging stars, but they're, you know, nowhere close to consistent. Alrighty, the Nuggets now. Jamal Murray, 22 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Great night by him. 42% from the three or from the field and 3 of 11 from 3. Not great from the 3, but from the field is not bad. And he still put up 22 points, so we, we respect it. Jokic, 22 points, 9 assists, 13 rebounds. Very well done. Michael Porter Jr., 15 points, 4 rebounds, 1 of 6 from 3. Little light on him. Got to start to see him hitting those threes a little bit more consistently. But he can't really score... Um, pretty easily he's uh he's a great forward there nice tall forward a great shooting stroke uh but the threes definitely got to be a little bit more consistent there 
And the problem with the Nuggets in this game, they just didn't have that big bench score there. Uh, Monte Morris only seven points. R.J. Hampton only seven points off the bench. Uh, Jermichael Green two points but seven rebounds off the bench. That's decent play there. Once again, not seeing Bobol. Mm, a little interesting there. Bobol and Taco Fall. I don't understand why they're not getting more play, especially early in the season when you can start playing around with the lineups a little bit. Like, let's experiment. So when it comes down time to, you know, the back half of the season when you have to make the playoff push or want to try and get that number one seed push for positioning in the playoffs, then you really start to lock it down. But you can, now you can't play Bobol. You can't start playing Bobol and getting him incorporated into the starting lineup like halfway, midway into the season. You've lost your opportunity for that. So I'm a little disappointed. Definitely with the Nuggets here not playing Bobo. And Brad Stevens, there's no reason why you can't have Taco Fall out there. Tristan Thompson, um, Robert Williams, and Daniel Tice, they're not showing anything great. So why not have um, Taco Fall in there for one game? I'll never understand it. Um, like I said, obviously the coaches see these players in practice every single day. They make the decisions. I get it. But let, let me the fan. Let me see it. I want to see it. Let me in practice. Brad Stevens, invite me to practice. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll evaluate them together. Um, maybe you're just maybe you're just not seeing it right. <laughs> um, all right. Um, all right. Yeah, that was it. So yeah, decent game by Jokic. Twenty two points. He shot two of seven from three. Thirteen rebounds. Classic game by him. Uh, so they sneak away with the win here. Um, yeah, sneak away with the win. Yep. All right. Ninety seven, ninety five Nuggets. Alrighty, moving on to Jazz and the Bucks. Let's start here with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, 26 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds on 30%. Oh my god, that's not good. 1 of 9 from 3, 11%. Woof! Luckily, luckily, everybody else was stepping up too. So, you know, his 1 of 9 uh, can go a little unnoticed a little bit. Joe Ingle steps up huge in this starting lineup, and I love to see that. He usually does step up a, a lot when he's in the starting lineup. So absolutely love this man. 27 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, but he shot 7 of 9 from 3. Yes, sir. Rudy Gobert. Yes, sir. Another consistent big piece here. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 4 offensive rebounds. So, I mean, he wasn't getting locked up. I mean, these bigs here for the Jazz were not getting locked up down low by Giannis and... Um, Brooke Lopez, and that's what we know. Rudy Gobert can play good defense on bigs that don't stretch the floor, and that's why they win this game against the Bucks. That's why we took the Jazz minus what? Two and a half, three and a half, whatever it was, because we know Rudy Gobert can guard the bigs that can't hit the threes or mid-range jumpers. Brooke Lopez can, but you know he's not a big force on this team. You don't really have to be guarding him that much. And um, um, uh, Giannis, he can't hit the threes, so you don't even have to guard him. So Rudy Gobert can beat the Bucks single-handedly. <laughs> single-handedly. 1v5. Rudy Gobert can do it all. Royce O'Neal, once again, I mean, no points, but 10 rebounds, and he was a plus 15. Plus 15, when you put up no points yourself, that's pretty damn good. That's what Royce O'Neal is to this team. A great number, a great four for this team, a great beef defensive piece, a Draymond, if you will, um, and this is what he brings to the table. So, great beef down low with Rudy Gobert, Royce O'Neal getting the boards, playing great defense. Bojan Bogdanovic, 9 points, 3 rebounds. Not terrible. Shot 30%. A little terrible. Alrighty, and Jordan Clarkson, once again, 6th man of the year, hands down. Here it is again, 25 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench. Shot very well, 4 of 11 from 3, 55% overall. And uh, Derek Favors, 10 points, 6 rebounds. So what more can you ask for? No Mike Connolly. They still get it done. 
Jordan Clarkson still gets it done. Donovan Mitchell shoots very, very poorly, and they still put up the points and still get it done. You just can't. The Bucks cannot win, folks. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. The threes, the, the free throw shooting, it's always something. And it wasn't even the threes this game. They still hit 12. And the Jazz only hit 14, so it wasn't like a big three-point barrage. It was just they were able to kind of get down low and not be beat down low. They weren't going to be beat by the threes either because they can defend the threes and they can shoot the three better than the Bucks can. So let's start breaking out these stats. Now we'll start here with Giannis. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 of 6 from the free throw line, 1 of 2 from the 3, 60% overall. So very well done by Giannis. Great game, great game by him. A very, very kind of usual game by him. This is what you can expect on a nightly basis. So, you know, Giannis doing what he does. Chris Middleton, a little light here. 18 points. He's got to be in the 20-point range. Yes, Brooke Lopez is putting up 23 points and 6 rebounds, which is absolutely fantastic. But they definitely need Chris Middleton to be, you know, the guy. If the big three is Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, that's fine. But Chris Middleton needs to establish himself as the number two and not the number three here, um, as he's the number three leading scorer in this game for the squad. And also Dante DiVincenzo and Brian Forbes definitely need to be stepping it up. They cannot be only putting out five points. That will not get it done. They're shooting poorly. 22% by Dante DiVincenzo, 20, or 33% by Brian Forbes. And, you know, Dante DiVincenzo had a great start to this season, but he's really been floundering this last couple, four or five games here. And it's very concerning to me because he was kind of their three-pointer, their great kind of scorer that he can be. Um, he can get you the 15 a night if you need it, and that's what this team is missing. You can count on 25-plus from Giannis. You can usually count on 20-plus from Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez even kind of gives you 20-plus a game. But Dante DiVincenzo, he's got to start stepping it up a little bit more here. Um, already, DJ Augustine off the bench, 12 points, very well done. And Bobby Portis, 15 points off the bench with five rebounds. So it's just uh, not consistent by the starters. Is that what we're going to classify it as? Not great by the starters. I mean, it was still kind of a blowout, a 14-point win. That's a blowout win, folks. And it wasn't the threes. They were the same there. What was the field goal percentage like? They shot, and they did shoot about 7% better than uh, than the box. It's just, man. Rebounds, what was the rebound totals? 33 for the Bucks, 46 by the Jazz. That's probably it right there. Man, man, Bucks, man, we never buy them. We never buy them. There's one. There's a reason why we had the Jazz at the number one seed and the Bucks at what do we got them at? I think the number six. What do we got the Bucks at officially? Number six seed. I mean, there's a reason why they, why we feel so strongly on the Jazz, and this is why we can't move up the Bucks because they cannot beat the good teams, the better teams, the top teams consistently, and it's concerning, folks. It is. I want to root for Giannis. I definitely do, but they're not showing us great wins out here. I forgot we have a clip from this Jazz Bucks game, but it highlights the Jazz, so no, no, no green flag for the Bucks here in this game. But just watch the ball movement. This is why they only have five losses, folks, because they all play for each other. They all try to make the extra pass to get the better shot. They all trust each other. Nobody wants to be the guy to take the shot, even though they all can take the shot and make the shot. So we're gonna get a nice little clip here. Just watch the ball movement, folks. It's absolutely incredible so here we go the ball is starting here in the corner here 
He's going to dribble, pass it all the way. He's going to behind the back, pass it to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is going to palm the ball and hold it so Joe Ingles can get back to where the ball started from at the other side of the court. Once again, just look at these passes. And first of all, that one behind the back is absolutely fantastic. And then this palm of uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's able just to sling it full freaking court, cross court from one side of the three to the other side of the three. And then Joe Ingles with the hand in his, in his face, catch and shoot, cashes out the three. I mean, that's the jazz, folks. That's the jazz. They're all freaking great. Can't beat them. Five losses. What can you do? Alrighty, let's go to Lakers and Grizzlies now. And this Lakers team got absolutely outscored in the first quarter. It was like 22 to 2 at one point. It could have been like 30 to 4 at one point as well. It just was not going well for the Lakers in the first quarter, but they turn it around, they stick with it, and they get the job done. So here we go. LeBron James, 28 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds, 60% shooting. Anthony Davis, 35 points, 9 rebounds, 59% shooting. Marcus All, only 6 points and 2 rebounds. KCP, three points, but he only took two shots. Dennis Schroeder, two points. Once again, he only took four shots, three assists, three rebounds. Anthony Davis, LeBron James getting most of the scoring, and then Kyle Kuzma off the bench, 20 points and 10 rebounds on 57% shooting. Didn't shoot great from the three, two of eight for 25%, but he still was putting up the points, so we can kind of forgive it a little bit. And then Montrose Herald, he says, oh, y'all are getting points. Y'all are getting points. Y'all are getting points too. Well, I'm getting points two off the bench. It doesn't matter if LeBron's going for 35 or Anthony Davis is going for 35. LeBron's going for 28. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's going for 20. I'm still going to get mine. And he puts up 14 points and 7 rebounds in 16 minutes off the bench. And Montrez Harold, he is the unsung hero on this Lakers team. So we got to shout him out here. Very, very great night by him. Nobody else could step it up. Marcus All couldn't get the points. KCP couldn't get the points. Dennis Schroeder couldn't get the points. Taylor Horton Tucker couldn't get the points. But Montrez Harold steps up and he does so very well done by him Alrighty, the Grizzlies, they floundered a little bit. We see Grayson Allen in the starting lineup here. He got out to a good start, but uh, he ended decently as well. Kind of some two extra threes. and I don't want to say garbage time, but um, it was garbage time if they couldn't come back to win. And they couldn't come back to win, so that's why it was garbage time. Unfortunate. So John Morant, 22 points, 10 assists. Great job there. Didn't shoot well, 39% from the field, 7 of 18. Grayson Allen, 23 points, 6 of 10 from the three, 61% overall. He had a great start to the game, and he had a real great end. The middle, though, kind of where he got beat a little bit. But um, can, he can he sustain a starting lineup role? We'll see how it is, uh, but it, definitely impressive here. I believe this is his first start in the starting lineup, so um, what a great performance by that. We have to give it up to him. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, 22 points, or yeah, 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Great performance by him. Unfortunately, no AB down low or AD down low, getting it done. Marcus Hall just able to kind of be a little bit better, lock him down a little bit. <clears throat> Um, and then D Dylan Brooks, he started out good in this game, but didn't end very well. Only 12 points and no rebounds. That's not great. 38% uh, overall. Kyle Anderson, once again, not great shooting. Six points, six rebounds, five assists. That's decent there, but 28% shooting, 0 of 3 from 3. So really just the big three here, Morant, Allen, and Valanchunas trying their all, but they really didn't get help from anywhere else. So unfortunate there. 
So this Grizzlies team is definitely interesting. I definitely do want to keep an eye on them. Um, like we've said, they've kind of, all their games have been very postponed. <laughs> um, let's kind of see where they are compared. I mean, they've only got 21 games played. Where I believe everywhere else is like 26, 26, 27, 25, 26, 27, 26, 27, 25, 25, 25, 27, 27, 26. Even the Wizards got 23 games played. But this Grizzlies team, they've only got, uh, what do we got, uh, 21 games played. Everybody else has way more games played than them. So they're a little behind the curve on that, but that's no fault of their own. So they've got a lot of games to make up for. They're currently the 11 seed. Can definitely make the playoff push. If John Morant really starts to take that next consistent step like Trey Young has, you know, with Valanchunas, that could be as deadly as, you know, Trey Young and Clint Capella. And they got Grayson Allen as a great number three. And Dylan Brooks, who can definitely step it up even more. So this is an interesting Grizzlies team here. They lose to the Lakers, unfortunately, but we're not going to put too much stake into this Lakers or this Grizzlies loss because it's def definitely an interesting team to kind of watch out for. They're decently, not even that decently deep. Um, now that Grayson Allen's not off the bench. They got a great starting roster. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, so that was Grizzlies and Lakers. Let's go on to Trailblazers and the Cavs. Let's go to the Blazers first. Uh, Damian Lillard, 20 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds. Very well done by him. Little lackluster shooting night, only 0, for, 0, only 0 of 6, so very not good there. Uh, but he still puts up 20 points. Gary Trent Jr., leading scorer, very well done, 26 points. Shot 4 of 6 from 3, 66% overall. Ennis Cantor, 21 points and 13 rebounds. Love to see that man thriving here. Derek Jones Jr., once again, I mean, he didn't take a lot of shots. Only two shots all game, so, you know, that's why he only had 5 points, but... Uh, five rebounds, no assists. He was a great defender. Wow, look at that. Great defense. Plus 24 in the plus minus and only 19 minutes of play. So not bad by him, but he could be a lot better. He can be a lot better. But he is kind of just getting started here. What is he, three years in? Four years. Oh, even worse. Even worse than I thought. But um, his athleticism, it, it's, it's great to watch, folks. It is truly great. But uh, got to be a little bit better. On kind of the, some of the stat categories, obviously he's playing great defense, so you know let's not knock him too much. But um, yeah, just he can be a little bit better. He can be better. He can be a lot better. <laughs> um, all right, what else do we get here? Um, Carmelo Anthony, 23 large points. Love it. Love it. Anthony Simmons, 16 points, folks. This Blazers team could be real dangerous. When CJ McCollum comes back and Yusuf Nurchis comes back and Zach Collins comes back, I mean, oof, they are going to be deep as heck. They would probably be the deepest team in the league. I mean, folks. Nurchich comes back, McCollum comes back, that means Gary Trent Jr. goes down to the bench, that means Ennis Cantor goes down to the bench, so now your bench is looking like, or maybe even Derek Jones Jr. goes to the bench, but either way, let's have Gary Trent Jr. going down to the bench, who cares, uh, this is going to be their bench, Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor, Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons, Rodney Hood, Harry Giles III. I mean, uh, what more can you need? What more do y'all want? This would be the deepest roster in the league once they get everybody healthy, and it's going to be dangerous. It is going to be dangerous. Is Yusuf Nurchic out for the season? Is that right? I don't think that's right. Can we get a little update on his injury? What's going on with that? I might have to Google him. Let's go to Blazers.com. They got anything good here? What's your website looking like? 
Let me search. Uh, <laughs> let me search. Yusuf Nurchich. Yusuf Nurchich. Nur. I don't even know how the hell to spell his last name, but they got it right there. Alrighty, breaks right wrist out indefinitely. So that was January 15th. So just a broken wrist. So it's not like a torn ACL. So he should be good. This was January 15th. Definitely going to miss like two to three months to recover from that. Four months. Is that is that too much? Two to three months. So January, so January to February 15th, one month. March 15th, two months. January, February, March. April 15th, three months. That's three months. January, February, January, February, March, April, May, June. I think the finals is going to start probably late May, early June because of the shorter schedule this season. But he could definitely get back in time for the playoffs. I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for. So, all right. This is promising. It's only a broken right wrist. Nothing too bad. Too bad. Obviously, a broken wrist is bad, but... Yeah. Alrighty. So what else we got to talk about here? Did we talk about this other team, the Cavs? All right, let's talk about the Cavs and then we'll move on to the last game. Um, Colin Sexton, 25 points, led the team in scoring. Very well done. Five assists to go along with that. Uh, so not bad there. Darius Garland, 17 points, but everybody else could not get it done. Andre Drummond, only eight points and five rebounds. Meh. Um, Teron Prince, four points. Isaac Okuru, no points. But Jared Allen off that bench, folks. Love it, love it, love it. 22 points and six rebounds and two assists and one steal and two blocks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jared Allen. Love this man. Um, get this man on a starting, competing roster, please. Please. I do not want to see. He was with the Nets when they were bad. They traded him when they got good. Now he's with the Cavs when they're bad again. And they may be, you know, having him for a long while, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens. Get Jarrett Allen off the Cavs. Um, but, yeah, that's the Cavs. I mean, nothing great. Eight three-pointers made. Mm, not going to get it done. Alrighty, and then the last game of the night, the Kings and the Magic. We'll start with the Kings because they did not have De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley. And so we would not expect them to win. Buddy Heald still had a decent game here. 19 points, four rebounds, four assists. Tyrese Halliburton uh, steps up in the starting lineup now because De'Aaron Fox is not there. And he had a pretty good night. Uh, 14 points, seven assists, one steal, three rebounds, and 27 minutes to play. 50% from the field. Very well done by him. Um, he's been great off the bench, and he steps up in the role of the starting point guard, and he thrives. Very well done. Love to see that. Raquan Holmes, 10 points, seven rebounds. Harrison Barnes, 13 points, five rebounds, four assists. Glenn Robinson, three points, three measly points, five, four rebounds, two assists. Um, some solid bench play. Holy moly. Three players all in double digits off the bench. Love seeing that. Nemanja, Jellica, 15 points, six assists, nine rebounds off the bench in 28 minutes. Fantastic. Corey Joseph, 12 points, five assists. Hassan Whiteside, 16 points, seven rebounds all off the bench. Their bench was fantastic. Unfortunate, um... That Valanciunas had a, or Vucevic had a 42-point game. That's unfortunate. For uh, Vucevic, 42 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists on 77% shooting. Michael Carter-Williams, 21 points, 7 assists, and 7 rebounds. So, damn, that was good as well. James Ennis uh, contributes 10 points. Terrence Ross off the bench contributes 18 points and four assists and five rebounds. So Vucevic having a great game. He always thrives without Aaron Gordon off the floor. So now that Aaron Gordon is, you know, injured and going to be out for, you know, 
three, four weeks. Vucevic is having great games all of a sudden, and there is correlation between those two things. Alrighty, that was the NBA from last night. Let's see what we got on tap today. Any primetime games? Yes, sir. We got one, two, three, four, five games. So five games to choose from in our moneymaker. A little light, but we'll try to find some good value there. Uh, 3 o'clock, 76ers and the Suns. going to be a fantastic game. This is going to be great. Um, watch this one if you can. It's going to be on NBA TV. Uh, but the 76ers on the road, can Joel Embiid and DeAndre Ayton, who's going to win that matchup? Um, who did the 76ers just lose to? They just lost to the Blazers. All right. So hopefully they don't lose two in a row here, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Suns can continue their, continue their little win streak they're on. I think they're on like a little two-game win streak. Alrighty, Pacers and the Hawks. Hawks should should bounce back against the Pacers. Pacers are nothing too great here, but um, the Hawks are a team that they can beat. So interesting there. Probably will stay away from it. Probably won't have too great value, especially the Hawks on a back-to-back. Ooh, not the best. Knicks Rockets. All right, we'll see what's going on. Is John Wall and Victor Oladipo both playing? Knicks on a back-to-back -back is probably the one reason we don't we don't take this game. But we'll see what happens here. Uh, we'll see what the line is, and then uh, the primetime game on television, 8:30. Nets Warriors going to be a great one. I expect all the Nets to play, um, and I expect all the Warriors to play as well. So we'll see. We probably will have to swallow a lot of points. I think we're going to take the Nets on this one, folks. Um, and then the last game, the last game of the night. 9 o'clock on League Pass. Jazz Heat going to be a great one as well. This is what the Jazz, the Jazz should have no trouble beating the Heat. But the Heat do decently match up well with the Jazz uh, just because they're kind of as deep as the Jazz can be. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if Goran Dragic is back playing because that would be huge. We know Tyler Hero is good to go for this game as well. Um, alrighty. Uh, so let's get to the Cali or the stats here. Where's the NBA at? NBA right here. All right. Here we go. Let's refresh these lines. We went three of four. No, I want NBA, not college. What are we doing here? All right. Here we go. We went officially three of four last night. Unfortunately, couldn't hit all four for four. Pelican screwing us a little bit. All right. Here we go. 76ers and the Suns. And wow, this spread is very tight. Very tight. Uh, Plus a half a point for the 76ers and minus half a point for the Suns. So basically a pick them here. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Um, don't really love the Suns over to the 76ers. 76ers coming off of a loss, which is definitely unfortunate for them. We're looking up the injuries here. What do we got here? Dario Sarek is a game-time decision. Cameron Payne is a game-time decision for the Suns. And for the 76ers, Shake Milton is out. So... Ooh, he's a decent contributor off the bench, Shake Milton. Uh, definitely going to stay away from this game. Suns at home is great. Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been playing fantastic. 76ers coming off of a loss, so they probably step it up a little bit. Uh, just somebody else on that starting roster needs to start stepping it up consistently for the 76ers. Um, it usually was Tobias Harris, and he's still having great success, but you definitely need a third. Steph Curry's been floundering a tad, a tad in game totality. He does have great stretches where he hits threes consistently and it's great, uh, but totality of the game, got to get better. Danny Green, we can't even trust to put up more than freaking five points a game. And Ben Simmons, you know, he doesn't score a lot because that's not his game. He's a great defender, though. Uh, going to be a great one to watch, so we're just going to stay away from it, and we'll learn what we learn. We, we'll use what we learn from this game to further our bets in the future. Uh, but going to stay away from it. No great value there at only half a point. 
Pacers, Hawks, Hawks plus one and a half. Once again, going to stay away from this one. Uh, this Hawks team on a back-to-back, it's not promising. I will say that. Um, this Pacers team should be good to go. Should be good to go. TJ Warren, Karis LeVert still out. Classic. Uh, for the Hawks, Rajon Rondo is out. Bojan Bogdanovic is out or Bogdan, and Cam Reddish is a game-time decision. So definitely going to stay away from this one. We may actually take the Pacers, honestly. We may take the Pacers. Let's take the Pacers minus one and a half. Um, We got to start fading this Hawks team, and it is truly unfortunate because we've been big on this Hawks team for, you know, the entire season thus far, but it is kind of getting us into a little bit of trouble until their bench starts stepping it up, until they get that extra third piece here. This Hawks team isn't anything great. So we're going to take Pacers minus one and a half. You gotta find other options between Trey Young hitting threes and Trey Young pick and roll with Clint Capella. It's unfortunate. It's great, but it's unfortunate because that's all they can do. You know, like the Jazz have other great pieces. They can have Donovan Mitchell go and hit the threes whenever he wants, or he can pick and roll with pick and roll with Rudy Gobert, or he can have one of his you know other five great three point scores handle the ball and do what they do. Hawks don't have that luxury. So we'll take the Pacers minus one and a half. They are not on a back-to-back, and that is our kind of main reason of taking the Pacers for this game, honestly. Alrighty, Rockets and the Knicks. Woo, close spreads. Really close spreads here, which is always good. You don't want to swallow any points, but you don't get any great value with points either, unfortunately. Uh, so let's see what we got here with the Rockets. Victor Oladipo is out, so it's only going to be John Wall. P.J. Tucker is a game-time decision. I'm sure he sits out, honestly. If Victor Oladipo and John Wall are not playing together, I'm sure P.J. Tucker is going to sit out as well. We obviously know Christian Wood is out as well. Uh, so Knicks, we may be taking them here. Um, they are on a back-to-back, which is not great. But without Victor Oladipo, I mean, this Rockets team is nothing great. They're nothing great. And we just saw how deep the Knicks were, kind of, and how great their bench is playing. So we're going to ride with them for another game here at home. Let's take it. Cannot buy this Rockets team without Victor Oladipo and John Wall in the starting lineup. Really should not even be buying them if Christian Wood's not in the starting lineup because DeMarcus Cousins cannot get it done consistently. And we just saw the Rockets without P.J. Tucker. They were kind of winning in their last matchup. I'm blanking on who their opponent was. But as soon as P.J. Walker, P.J. Tucker went down, the Rockets blew the game because of that. So I don't think he would play since Victor Oladipo is out. So we're going to take the Knicks here minus half a point. Alrighty, Nets and the Warriors, and we only have to swallow four for the Nets, and that's kind of calling me, folks. I do like, ooh, we do see DeAndre Jordan is out. Not great there. Uh, But they should be able to kind of, who's their other big? Who is their other big here? Uh, What do we get? Um, Norval Pele? The heck is this man? (laughs) The heck is this man? Um, never heard of him, but, um, we'll see. Uh, luckily for the Nets, the Warriors don't have a great big themselves. Yes, obviously they've got, um, uh, Draymond Green, obviously. And they've got, um, who, who's their other big, uh, Kevin Looney's out, so you can't even use him. James Wiseman, is he going to be out again? We'll see. I think he's missed the past two or three games here. Clay Thompson, obviously we know, is out, and Kevin Looney is out as well. So, 
Uh, James Wiseman could definitely eat here without DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup. But I think at the end of the day, the Nets, Kevin Durant's first game back, I think they're honestly going to just derive off of everybody there. So we're going to swallow the four with the Nets here. Primetime game for the Nets. They need to show out, especially against kind of a little bit of a lackluster Warriors team. Yes, Steph Curry is going absolutely crazy. But, I mean, you know, the, the streakiness of Kelly Oubre, the consistency of Andrew Wiggins is good. But I think we're going to swallow the four here. And then the last game of the night, Heat in the Jazz. Let's see, is everybody good to go for this game? What do we got here? Goran Dragic is still out. Avery Bradley is still out, unfortunately. Uh, Mike Connolly is a game-time decision, and so is George's Niang for off the bench. So I think we're good enough to take just this three-teamer. Don't want to kind of mix in with this Jazz-Heat game. I do like the Heat plus six. That is kind of good value to me. Bam Adebayo should have decent success against Rudy Gobert. Decent success. And this Heat shooting should be decent to kind of keep up with the Jazz. So the Heat plus six is definitely great value. Oof. Do we take it? Do we take the six? You know what? We're going to take the six. We're going to have another four-teamer here. Let's hit this four-teamer. We went three of four last night. We're going to go four for four this game. So here we go. Four-teamer here. Pacers minus one and a half. Knicks minus half a point. Nets minus four in the Heat plus six. I think it's just too much for me to stay away from for this Heat team, especially on the Jazz on a back-to-back. -back. Uh, we'll see how they kind of play. But plus six for the Heat. Love this Heat team with Jimmy Butler in the starting lineup. Yes, no Goran Dragic, but Tyler Hero's good to go. So, you know, we can make up some scoring points and some scoring efficiency with Goran Dragic being out. So here we go. I mean, the odds are great, plus uh, 1,200. So you put 100 bucks, you're going to win 1,200 bucks. That's absolutely fantastic. 100 bucks on this game, absolutely on this 14 parley, feeling very, very confident about it. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. We're back tomorrow, Sunday, noon Eastern, live, twitch.tv, slash takes by fans, breaking down the NBA from yesterday, doing what we do here. Uh, we'll see if we have a Sunday segment. We may be having something in the works as well, so stick around for that. We'll maybe be announcing that tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, we're back tomorrow, noon Eastern, twitch.tv, slash takes by fans. Alright, thanks for taking